Alrighty. We're going to talk about visions and dreams this morning and how God speaks to us in those. So you ready? Who had a dream last night? Anybody have a dream? You think so? All right, I'm just going to have to pray some more release of visions and dreams to you all. Thanks, Shara. (laughs) Shara's here. All right, so are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that we can come together this morning. We thank you for your presence already in this place. Lord, I pray that, that the words I speak this morning, that they would just release things in us. They would open up visions and dreams to us and the realm of the Spirit, the language of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I pray right now that we would have open hearts and open minds to receive from your word would be like sponges and we would just soak up what you have for us this morning. We come against every distraction every care, every concern that might try to float in again, we just cut those things off right now and we pray your peace in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right. We spoke a couple of weeks ago and we've been talking about that we need to be surrendered and that God is both our Saviour and our Lord and it's very hard to hear from Him if He's not your Lord. If you want to do things your way and be in control, then sometimes He just remains silent until you go, oh, Do you want to say something, God? Or that, you know, our experience, we go round and round having the same old things happen over and over and over again, same troubles, same trials, and we're going, what's wrong, God? And he's trying to speak to us through our experiences. And even through our trials, he will try to speak and get a word through to us. And we've got to listen. There's different ways that God speaks. And all through the Bible, you see that. It's learning to understand the language of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And uh, sometimes it's through miracles, supernatural means, natural means, experiences, dreams, visions, a sentence or a word that might just come into your head or an impression where you just know something or know something about somebody and you sense it. And then somebody goes, oh, such and such happened. You go, well, that's an impression from the Holy Spirit. He lets you know those things ahead of time. He actually says he'll tell you things that are to come. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, and we get so caught up in our little intellect that we often push aside those things that we have impressed on our heart and our mind and we go, oh, no, that's just me. And actually, a lot of the time it isn't you. You've just trained yourself to think, oh, I'm just, it's my feelings. So we've got to learn to understand the language of the Holy Spirit and how he speaks. Because if we want to be able to people that hear, then we need to learn the language. So I want to talk today about visions and dreams mainly because that's a lot of how God speaks to me, so I'm going to find it easier. Um, But firstly, I want to lay groundwork because if we don't have this, what I'm about to share, down pat and sorted, then God's going to speak and you're going to push it aside or you're not going to get it. So the first thing we've got to do is get it together. You have to get it together. Now, when I say that, it means that we have to understand that we are triune beings. We're, what are we? We're a spirit, a soul, and a body. And unless we bring our spirit, soul, and body together under the headship of Jesus, we are not going to be able to hear clearly. You'll hear every now and then, or you might have a vision and go, oh, that's God. Or you might have an impression and think that's God. But you will not be able to clearly, with confidence, be able to understand unless we get it together. Spirit, soul, which is your mind, your emotions, and body. So firstly, we have to get them all in agreement so you're not like a spiritual schizophrenic, like all over the place. We've got to get it together. We've got to get everything in agreement. So first, we begin by feeding our spirit on the Word of God. 
When you are born again, your spirit comes alive. It's like the light goes on in your spirit. Everything just wakes up on the inside. And sometimes you can actually see that in people's faces. You can see something has switched on on the, on, on the inside. That's why it says we're born again. Because we're dead in our sins and our trespasses against God. There was a separation. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we are born anew. And our spirit light goes on. Before it was in darkness and we did not understand the things of God. So we, we are switched on on the inside. And so our spirit is fed and, and made to be sharp and easily able to grab the things of the Holy Spirit when we spend time in the Word of God because that's the Holy Spirit's language is the Word. So if we want our spirits to be able to grab hold of everything God has for us, then we've got to spend time in the Word. And I know we keep on going back to that, but you cannot get away from it. The Word and, G- and, the, and the Lord are one. The He is in His Word and His Word is in Him. So just like the body produces physical strength when we nourish with it with food, our spirit gets strong. It gets faith muscles. It gets tough. It gets bigger on the inside when we feed it. We feed our body food. We feed our spirit the Word. You cannot get away from that. You've got to be consistent and reading the Word and putting it in. Because if you starve your body, what happens? You die. You get weak. If you don't put the Word in your spirit, it becomes dull. God will speak, God will show you stuff, he'll be, he'll be giving you impressions and you will not pick it up. So we've got to put the word in so that we build spiritual strength called faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. All right, so we develop our faith, our spirit, and it will remain in charge instead of being dominated by our soul and our bodies when we feed it. Our spirit is meant to be the head. Where is the government. It tells us what to do because the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit. And so we want our spirit to be in charge, not our body going, oh, let's go and do this. Let's play around with this. Let's get involved in this. That's how we end up in a puddle. Yeah? All right, so we've got to feed our spirits so our spirits are in charge. Number two, we bring our soul into line. What is our soul? Our soul is our mind. It's our feelings. It's our emotions. And this is where often we fall down, is we don't get our soul into mind. Our mind is all over the place. Our emotions is whatever time of the month or whatever's happening. We're all over the shot. Yeah? You know, men have funny times of the month too, I, I have ascertained. It's true. It's <laughs> a hormonal, you know? And that's how you get the grumpy old men syndrome because they're... They've lost some of the hormones. Come on. You know, so we've got to get our souls in line. It's true. <laughs> Why am I never allowed to go in? He's always telling me I can't go there. All right. So we... Whatever you do. <laughs> We're real. All right, so we set our mind on things above. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 2 says to meditate, to think over, to think on those things above. If you let your mind meditate and think about the things of the world, then you're going to get the things of the world. If you want to hear from God, then meditate on the things of heaven. Think about the things of heaven. Ponder on them. Think about them. Listen to the things of heaven. 
Surround yourself with faith-filled words and people who are talking about the things of heaven. Because if you don't, your mind is just going to be off there and, oh, how should I figure that out? Oh, what's God doing? Oh, I'll just do this. Or I feel we should do this. You know, feelings will get you in a mess. Feelings will get you marrying the wrong person. Feelings will get you involved in stuff you shouldn't be. Feelings will have you going down a dark alley where you should never go. If we go by our feelings... The devil just go, yippee, let's just touch that little point there and off you go. Feelings will get us in a hole. So we've got to make sure that our mind, our emotions are in line and not getting us off the wrong track. So we set our minds on things above that agree with what God says about us. If we only thought the things that God thinks about us, how different would your day be? If you only thought and said what God says and thinks about you, how different would you be? That you're an overcomer, that you're more than a conqueror, that you're healed by the blood of Jesus, that he has a plan and a hope and a future for you, that you're a winner, not a loser, a success and not a failure. You're above and not belief. He has his everything and he'll perfect the plans he has for us. If you only thought and acted upon what God says about us and what he thinks, our life will be very different. And that's where we've got to, got to get our souls in line. Sometimes we've just got to tell it to sing and get into line. Yeah? Number three, we have to get our bodies in line. Our bodies are followers. They will follow our spirit and our soul. They follow. They follow our spirit and our soul. And when we get our souls and our spirit in line with what God says about us and his word, they will just follow on. The reason sometimes our bodies crave things of the flesh, lust after things, desire other things, is because our spirit and our soul is not in line with what God says about us. And so we all go off, oh, I just feel like doing this. I feel like having another drink, even though you've had three. You feel like popping that pill. You feel like going off and hooking up. I'm not allowed to say that word, but I just did. You know, we feel like it makes me feel good. It's a quick gratification. I'll just push that button and watch that. I'll listen to that because we, it feels good. And our bodies will go off and get us in a mess if we don't have our spirit and our soul be the strong ones. Yeah? Our bodies are followers. And if you're going off and doing something over here or feeling pulled that way, it's because your spirit is not strong. So you don't want your body to go off and get in a mess and do things that you know that you shouldn't want to do? Then get your spirit strong because then your spirit will go, get into line. Come on now. Yeah? All right, so we've got to have our spirit fed, our soul in line, been thinking on the things of God, and then our body will just do what it's told. Yeah? It's like if you decide to exercise, you... you your mind is set on that thing and your spirit goes, yes, I can do this. And if you focus on those things, your body will just get into line. It will just do what you tell it to do. And if it decides it wants to be lazy and lie in bed, you go, no, I'm seeing myself lifting those weights. I'm seeing myself running. I'm seeing myself eating right. And you're seeing what God wants you to be like. And your body will come into line if your spirit and your soul is strong. Yeah? So it's not hard. It's just we've got to understand that we're a triune being. We're made in the image of God and that's how he's made us. And often we don't understand that and so we struggle in areas of life and all we've got to do is tank up in an area. Just tank up your spirit. Be bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. I'm like a giant on the inside. 
I just keep on getting bigger and bigger. I get so excited. I'm just like, woohoo! Look how big I am in here. I am not a little thing, you know? I may be a little on the outside. I may not be able to lift too many heavy things, but I'm big on the inside and I can lift heavy things. And that's how God wants to be, faith to faith, that we go ever increasing our capacity to hold the things of God. It doesn't matter what you're on on the outside. Your outside will follow you inside. That's good. Come on now. I'm preaching better than you're giving back to me here. Come on. Yeah, thank you. That's right. To go to the places that God wants us to go, we must get ourselves together. Gather yourself up. Bring yourself together. Put a big drawstring and just get it together. Yeah? Get it together. <laughs> drawstring. <laughs> just like pull yourself all together. <laughs> I'm very visual. I can just see us getting together. You know, just get it together. Yeah? Then when the Holy Spirit starts to reveal things to us and when we step into heavenly places and start to see and feel and experience the things of God and receive revelation, we will be able to handle it. If you don't get your spirit and your soul and your body in line together with the things of God, God is going to show you weird and wacky things and you won't be able to handle it. You say, bring it on, God. He says, well, come on, get it together then. Because he shows you some wacky stuff and you'll feel some crazy stuff, you know, and some of the things I'm going to talk about this morning, and unless you've got it together, you'll just think you've gone nuts and you'll think the person next to you is nuts. You're allowed to be weird, not nuts. (laughs) We're allowed to be weird because weird means supernatural, unearthly. And and unearthly is given permission by Jesus. We're allowed to be unearthly and weird. So you're weird. Yeah, thank you. Okay, and if our soul and our, our mind isn't in line with the things of the word, then it will argue with the things you pick up in your spirit. It will argue till you're blue in the face. It'll just say, you're crazy, you're intellect, you know, what about this? And you will reason. There's faith, your spirit versus reason. And we don't want the reason to override what faith and God, what God says. The man of times that the will of God has been missed because some lovely little Christian reasoned out their faith. Faith versus reason. And yes, we have to give our permission, sales permission to miss it sometimes. But as long as you learn from where you missed it, you're not going to do it again. Yeah? All right, so... If you want a scriptural verse for that, here's one. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us together. The Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit and that's why our soul and body must be in agreement with the government of our spirit to fully hear and see accurately what God is releasing. So what I want to talk to this morning is three things. I'm going to talk about impressions, actually four things. Impressions, this is going to be fast. Visions, dreams, and trances. You ready? Right. This is heavy stuff. This is fun stuff. This is the fun stuff of God. Are you ready? Right. Now, expect that you are going to start to have visions and dreams, people, because I'm praying it. Yeah, I'm praying that you see visions and dreams and impressions and that God just interrupts your little... Straight in a line, ordered round and round a circle life. So, there we go. All right, here we go. You can blame me if you start having the weird and the wacky. I warned you. 
All right, the more time we spend with God in his presence, reading his word and seeking to follow his directions in your life, the clearer and more consistently you will hear him. And the more you push into them, the more the supernatural is going to start being released in your life. So an impression, and often you will have an impression. I know many of you have impressions and you just don't pick up that it's God speaking. The Holy Spirit frequently speaks through impressions. It is when the Holy Spirit influences our feelings, our physical senses or our minds. This differs from the complete sentences or even the word that you might get in your mind. Sometimes when God speaks, he might say, you know, something just over and over. This is this different. The Holy Spirit, when he gives an impression, it's like a sense. It's like a feeling or it might be just a, a knowing. It's like you know that you know. Anybody ever have that? You know what you know, what you know and you know that you know. All right, supernatural revelatory impressions are similar to intuition as they both as is that they both communicate direct knowledge without any rational evidence. So it's dissimilar from an intuition where oh yeah, I don't just know that person about that person. Sometimes you will get an impression and you know nothing about them. And it's like um, this guy that I've met before, and he walked into a room. He was talking to somebody, and he was looking at this lady talking to her and he says he had this impression that she had a problem with her gallbladder. And he was so he said to her, do you have a problem with your gallbladder? And she says, no, I'm perfectly healthy. Well, a month later, she had a gallbladder out. Yeah, it's just like sensing there is something going on. There is no physical or intuition reason for you to be able to know that. It's just, you know, you know that something's going on. Yeah. It's an impression. Yep, it's like you're picking up, there's an impression and you sense it. So you know that you know that something's, something's going on or, or that God is talking to you. And the clearer you hear, the more, more you do this, you'll be able to not just sense what is this, but you'll know what it is. Yeah. So a lot of us have intu- not just intuition, but impressions from God. You know, intuition arises from our human spirit, you know, where we're not tanking it up with Jesus. An impression from the Holy Spirit is knowledge that is not physically seen. Yeah? Nehemiah talks about it. He says in chapter 7, verse 5, he said, So my people put it in my heart to assemble the nobles, officials, and the common people for registration by family. So he wanted to gather everybody together and register them. He said it was laid on his heart. He had an impression on his heart that he needed to do that. Yeah? And often it's just like, I need to do this. I need to ring this person or I need to make this person a meal or I need to go and talk to that person. And we just, or we feel, we keep on getting this impression. Oh, you know, you know, often when I'm talking to some of you, I get an impression and you go, how do you know that? I said, well, yeah, I just get the sense. Yeah. God speaks this way all the time, but we have trained ourselves to ignore these impressions. No, we, oh, it's just me feeling something funny. And some, sometimes we do where it's our worries and things can send us a bum read. <laughs> but other times it's not. It's God. So we, that's where we've got to make sure that our spirit is strong so we're not getting steered the wrong direction. If we put in the word, then we're not going to be hearing from our own fears. All right? God created us with a feelings, a mind, and a body, and he speaks and does speak through all of these. So when you get an impression, don't just check it out. Say, God, is that you speaking? And let him show you when it's him and when it's you. Yeah? Okay, dreams. Who has dreams here? Do some of you not dream? (laughs) 
You remember that? <laughs> All right. Maybe you're just not old enough. <laughs> Isn't it old men dream dreams and young men see visions? I don't know. <laughs> Sons and daughters will prophesy. I'm getting myself out of that hole. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> I am a dreamer. <laughs> All right. Um, dreams consist of images which are accompanied by thoughts and emotions while we are asleep. They maybe tell a coherent story or seem to make no sense at all. In my experience of interpreting dreams, there are often particular objects, subjects, or places God used to symbolise specific things. Initially, it may make no sense, but if you wait on God, I write my dreams down. I have weird and wacky. I'll share, you with a, I'll share with you a dream I have in a minute. But Joseph dreamt and also interpreted dreams about his and others' future. If you look in Genesis 37, you see that he dreamt, dreamt dreams, and then he would get the interpretation. You know, he got himself out of prison because he dreamt a dream. And oh no, somebody had a dream and he was able to interpret it. So God will give you understanding of your dreams. You know, I had a confronting dream last year and I was dreaming, I was in this castle and there was this queen. And this queen, she was um, very bold, very powerful, very beautiful, and she was very seductive. And I thought, what the heck am I dreaming about this for? And, uh, and I sort of thought I had a pizza dream. Anyway, and I woke up and started asking God why I dreamt that. And he started to explain. He said, look again in your dream and look at the woman. And he unpacked it for me that she was actually the queen of Babylon. And it was all about the Babylonian system, which is a system that the world is set on. It's about power. It's about money. It's about seduction. It's about control, intimidation, all the things that our world is actually set up on. And if you get into bureaucracy or any government thing, you'll see that the Babylonian system is a system of the world. It's all about money and power. Yes? And it's seductive. And it's got into the church. It's got into our families. We make decisions based on those things because it like draws us. It sucks us in. Yeah? And I had this very confronting dream about this woman and she was coming at me. I'm like, what the heck am I dreaming? And the Lord was like, it's okay. Look again at your dream and this is what it's about. And it actually made me so physically like, ugh, that every time I see the system coming up, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to be near that because I know what that means. Yeah? Now, if I had at face value looked at that dream, I thought I might have had a few issues. Come on now. But it's not about that. It was about the fact that God was trying to show me how seductive and powerful the system of the world and the Babylonian system that is pagan that the world has been established on. That's God in. Yeah, so we've got to not freak out of our dreams. We've got to go, God, show me and reveal. Sometimes you can have a bit muddled up. It can be something you're concerned about. And then God is trying to speak and he'll, and he'll, you know, our subconscious is trying to figure it out, but God is trying to intervene and show you the way to go. Yeah? Like often Philip will tell me a dream and he goes, tell me what this means because God seems to give me the ability to interpret a lot of the time. And so I'll go, well, this is this and this is that and that means this and this event is you bringing that in from the past and God says this. All right, so God will enable you to see your past See where you're at now. See where you might be concerned and show you your future. That's what dreams are for. And if you look all through the Bible, there was continual dreams. Joseph dreamt dreams. Joseph and Mary dreamt dreams. Joseph got a dream. An angel appeared in his dream and told him to get out, get out of where they were to protect Jesus' life. All through, there's dreams, dreams, dreams. 
Dreams are God's way of speaking to us. And if we say, God, just speak to him in my sleep, because your spirit doesn't sleep. Your body does, but your spirit doesn't. All right? Visions are dreams we have while we're awake. They're waking dreams. And trances are also a visionary state that occur while we are awake too. So God used visions in the Old Testament to reveal his plan and to further his plan and to put people in places of influence. And if you look through the Bible, there's heaps of times where Abraham, he had a vision. It's like a waking dream or it just unpacks in front of you. You'll see this vision in your mind and it's like you just start to see. It's like a dream but you're awake. You might see something. You know, sometimes I see it's like a door that just flips open and you'll see. All right? He'll show you things that are to come. He'll show you where not to go. He'll show you where to to go. He leads you away from disaster that way. It's like a flick open. So it's like God speaks. Abraham had a vision in Genesis 15 where God showed him about the covenant. Jacob had a vision um, in Genesis 28. Daniel had visions and dreams all the time. Okay, so visions and dreams are from God. They're not, you know, some occult weird thing, although the devil does send dreams. Yeah, but if you, if you say, God, you just watch over my dreams, I want to dream dreams from you, I want to see things from you, then he will honour that. Zacharias had a dream. God used a vision to tell him that he would soon have an important son, and that was John the Baptist. So he dreamt that before it happened. He should have listened up a bit better to his dream, and they really wouldn't have lost his ability to talk for a few months. But you can read about that in Luke chapter 1. Joseph had a dream um, not to divorce Mary because she was pregnant, and, he, and an angel appeared in his dream. Has anybody ever seen an angel in their dreams? Not like the earthly type, but the other type, you know. <laughs> But um, an angel in your dreams? No? Yeah? You're not not sure? Um, Pilate's wife had a dream not to crucify Jesus. Said, don't do that. He's innocent. Pilate didn't listen. God will tell people things. Yeah. So you keep going, going through. There's heaps of them. All through Acts, there was dreams. Peter, he had a cool one. Now, this is trances. Are we ready for this? A lot of people freak out when I mention trances. They're like, how can dogs, God speak to you? <laughs> dogs can't speak to you. <laughs> Actually, that's true. I take that back, Lord. A dog could speak to you. Balaam's donkey spoke to him. So if a dog wants to speak to you, <laughs> that's okay. No, God can speak to you through trances. If you look in Acts chapter 10, verse 9 to 15, Peter was praying on the rooftop of the house in Joppa and God gave him a vision and he went into a trance. of Animals lowered into something like a sheep and a sheet and a voice from heaven told Peter to kill the animals, which was, were some of them were unclean. Now he was a Jew and you didn't eat pigs, you didn't eat certain things. And God unpacked it and said, all these animals are clean. That's going to be annoying. Um, and <laughs> and um, so it's, it was to show him something. And he actually went into a trance where he couldn't move and he couldn't move his body and he just saw this vision, but he was in a trance. And so that's, and so that's what God will sometimes do. You know, there's, there's been meetings where I think it's Maria Wordsworth Edda, she was a... a major evangelist back in the 1800s or 1900s and she um there was all these people that were heckling her now she was like 
um, preaching the gospel and was seeing miracles and all these people come in and, and heckle her and say, oh, what's God's going to do? So her and a few others got together and said, Lord, you show up and you show them and you just strike them so they cannot talk and they just have to listen. And so they did. And they prayed that and all these people came in and they started to heckle and the power of God fell. This is why we need to be careful that we don't criticise the supernatural because the power of God fell and those people fell into a trance where their bodies would not move, they could not speak, they could not do anything for five hours and they just were hit with the power of God and they came out and God had been speaking to them and they they went, oh, we're wrong. Be careful when you criticise what God is doing because you might be stuck in the seat you're in. Yeah? God, he will use supernatural means. Other times it is a trance where he wants to just stop you. So trances are not of the occult. Yes, they devil counterfeits. Anything that you see in the Bible, in the Word, the devil will try to make up something, a counterfeit product of it in the occult, in the satanic realm. He will take the truth and he will twist it just a little bit and then you'll get it. It's like clairvoyance. They hear. They're hearing demons. You go to a clairvoyant, you read tarot cards, any of those things, things move around. It is a demonic realm. It's real. They will hear demons telling you, familiar spirits that know about your life, know about your family's life, and they track you. And they'll be able to tell you stuff. And it's like just an element of truth to get you so that they get you deeper into their way of doing things. Yeah, we don't need to go to clairvoyance. We don't need to read our star signs. We don't need to do all those things. God will speak to us if we want to seek him out. Don't take the easy route and ask somebody else because they're just hearing from a demon. I'll be straight about that. That's what it is. It's a demonic realm and you're hearing from the realm of darkness. And they know stuff about you. They know stuff about your great-grandma. They know stuff because it's spiritual and they pick it up. And often those clairvoyants, they, some of them, they're just like they've had been deceived about that and they start to hear things and they think it's like good because I'm helping people. And, you know, the devil, he can masquerade as an angel of light. He's a sneak and he will come and sneak in. So we've got to watch that we don't get deceived. And that's why we build a spirit out with the word so we're strong in faith so we know straight away that's counterfeit. Somebody starts to speak over you and stays to say this stuff and you just start to feel uncomfortable on the inside, ah, just shut it down. Somebody starts to speak over you and you go, this just not feels right. Let trust your impression that it's not right and shut it down. You say, you know what? I don't want to hear that. I'm just going to listen to what God says about my life. I don't want to know. Yeah? Because people are very good at speaking rubbish and they're hearing the rubbish from the other side. Yeah? It's real, people. Demons are real, the devil is real, God is real. And there is a battle going on. Yeah, okay? So stay away from the clairvoyance. You know anybody, don't get sucked into it because there's always an element of truth in it. Yeah? Always an element of truth. If you want to know more about people going to trances, if that freaks you out a little bit or you don't understand, you know, Paul chapter, Paul in Acts chapter 22 He says, now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple that I was in a trance and I saw God speak and I saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So he went into a trance. It's actually in the word. So we don't have to freak out that we're into stuff that isn't of God. All right. So we've got to base everything we do and believe and push into in the word of God. 
So go look for it if you're not sure. It's in Acts chapter 10 and in Acts chapter 22. It doesn't mean that we're hyper-spiritual, by the way, or we've been in the Spirit and that's the only way that God can speak. God speaks in different ways. If God just happens to put you in a trance to get a message across, all well and good. Bring it on. But don't seek after these things for the experience. Seek after these things so that you might know him better, that you might know God better, that you might know his direction for you better, not for the experience. You know, some people come for the experience. Oh, I want to have this. or I want to be around this. And it's not about that. It's about knowing Jesus better. It's about knowing who we are in him better, not some experience. God, won't sh- God doesn't like, he says, you know, the, a wicked generation asks for a sign. You know, the religious leaders who come around Jesus, he just performed all these miracles, done all this amazing stuff, healed blind eyes, leprosy had gone from people's body, and the religious leaders said, show us a sign. Duh. <laughs> what was that? A wicked generation asked for a sign. We don't need signs to be able to confirm that he is real. He says he will back up his word by signs and wonders. Yeah? By awe and wonder. Yeah. But we don't seek after the sign, we seek after him. All right? Dreams and visions often speak directly to our hearts. They can be about life or others we know or about our church, our city or our nation. If you push into God, he will start to release this stuff in your life. Don't push aside impressions that you have. Don't push aside just a feeling that, hey, God, are you speaking to me? Because God, like mum, I'll share, where are you, mum? Mum shared she had a, a sense, you know, she was in Washington, D.C. a few years ago when the car smashed in and there was shooting and all such of stuff outside the White House. Was it White House? And, yeah, and she had felt an impression. She was in the hotel just down the road. She had an impression, you know what? I need to just stay and have lunch. And she felt that sense in your heart, just stay and have lunch. And so she did. If she hadn't have been staying for lunch, she would have been out in the middle of the street hiding behind a bush in a barricade. So God was keeping her out of the way. And amongst all that, God set up an opportunity for her to share a testimony with a doctor who happened to be sitting next to her having lunch. And he was just so encouraged by her testimony because she's a walking miracle. Yeah? So don't disregard impressions. If God says, go that way. Don't go, oh, I'm just being silly. I'll go that way. Test out, test and walk in these things and the little things that don't matter hugely. Like, God, where should I get a car park? And you have an impression to go down that way. Test it out in the little things so that you know in the big things when God is speaking and you're confident. Because these things, we need to be able to hear God's voice because one day it could save your life or the life of your family. We've got to walk better in this. We've got to trust God to speak to us. We are a sheep and he is the shepherd and he speaks to us. Young ones, practice this. Yeah? You don't have to be, oh, I'm not spiritual or I'm not real. You know, God will speak to you. He'll tell you where to go. He'll tell you how to be safe. Amount of times if we had listened, don't go there. Don't go out with those blokes tonight. And we'd listened. How many times would we have been avoided disaster or, you know, been in a fight? or being in a place where you shouldn't have been, or not meeting, you know. So listen to the impressions and learn to hear God speak. It's the same with visions when you spend time with God. I'm just going to share my testimony for a minute, and then I'm going to finish up. You know, a lot of you know that um, I started running a few years ago, but you may not know that. 
Hello, Joshua. <laughs> um, that I had had a chronic knee disease as a kid from the time I was 11 to the, to the time I was 18. And so I couldn't run, even if I wanted to. I used to run with mum. I'm sure I used to push her up the hills. But uh, <laughs> I used to run with her. And then when I was 11 years old, I got a disease called chondromalacia patella which means spongy kneecaps. And, um, and I had operations on them and, I, and then I was healed, radically healed. Just from one day to the next, I was able to run, I was able to jump, I was able to have no pain. It was just gone. Because I spent all my teenage years with weird things on my knees and treatments and operations. Now, I had six babies feeding them, so you don't really do a lot of running then because, you know, you're either pregnant or having babies. So, so I didn't. But a few years ago, I was spending time with the Lord and I had this vision and I kept on seeing this picture like a dream when I'm awake in my mind of me running. And I'm like, what's that about? And I just kept on coming back. Every time I spent time with God, it would be there. I'd see myself running and I'm like, well, I look pretty good. And so I'd say, I wish I looked like that. And, and it just wouldn't go away. In the end, I said, all right, God, I think, I think this is from you. So I went and bought a pair of running shoes and I went out and I ran for 30 seconds and said, well, that didn't really look like my vision. <laughs> but God just kept on bringing that vision to mind because he wanted to restore something that had been stolen from me. And so I, would, I, just, I kept on seeing myself. Now, I think I look like my vision. <laughs> But, yeah, my brother-in-law says I look pretty good. He drove past me. So I look like my vision. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah? It's like God will restore things. He will speak to you from your past. He will tell you of your future. If you wait on him and spend time with him, he will tell you things to come. He will unlock things that have been stolen from you and return things that the devil has wrecked. But we've got to be listening up and just not go, oh, no, that's just me and my imagination. Oh, you know, that's not possible. I could have said that's not possible because I know I could only run 30 seconds without absolutely, you know, gee, I'm not very fit, you know. But I, I, I listened to what God was unpacking and it doesn't mean that it all just falls into place. He'll give you a vision or a dream so that you know, right, that's where I'm going, step by step by step. He'll give us an impression in our heart of what to do so that we know what steps to take. Yeah? Now, I'm going to share something. I'm going to be very transparent now because this is still close to home. Is at the same time, I started to have a vision of me riding a horse. And so I'd be like, oh, no, that's too hard. So I pushed that one aside and we can do this. It's like, no, that's too hard. It's too expensive. I can't do that. And so, but because I followed the vision of me running, God went, all right, it's time. And he uses things. Now with me, he used Isaac. I love Isaac. He's my little man and he loves to ride. And so I've had to learn everything. I go down there with my gumboots on and I catch catch his horse. I do everything. I say, I was terrified. The vision that I kept on seeing of me riding a horse, I pushed it aside because I was actually petrified. Horses are big. I'm not big on the outside. I might be big on the inside, but I'm not big on the outside. And they're big and they do weird things. <laughs> yeah? They kick and they bite and all those things. They're lovely, but they do those things. And so, but God used what he knew would be my little, I'm going to get you where you need to be with Isaac. And my love for him motivated me to do it. Now, about Two months ago, three months ago, I kept on having that vision coming back of me riding a horse, this lovely horse. I'm like, oh, God, do I have to? 
And it's like, I just wouldn't go away. And he says, I want to restore something. Now, as a seven-year-old, that's 38 years ago. Yep. Um, I, I have his older sister and she is really, really good rider. She had, my dad brought her an Arab thoroughbred horse, beautiful horse. And uh, I, was, I was a sickly kid. I had really, really bad asthma and we lived in Antarctica and <laughs> otherwise known as Southland New Zealand and rain and sleet and mud and all that beautiful but yes those things and so I would actually I know this sounds sad and pathetic but I would actually sit in my lounge room and watch my siblings and my cousins outside while I would have to stay inside because it was too cold and my lungs and bronchial tubes would just go and I wouldn't be able to breathe and so I spent my childhood reading books about riding and not really getting to do it. And when I did do it, on our pony Tom Thumb, he would buck me off or I would fall off or even I'd get on another horse, I would, I would jump the fence and I would fall off. So I'd be like, this vision of me being able to see myself riding was just a bit of a joke. But God just wouldn't let up because he wanted to restore something. Now, you ready? A few months ago, I said to Isaac's coach, I said, all right, it's time. I'm, I need to get riding. And she just thinks this is a joke. All right, let's get you on. So I went on Leah, who is like this high, 13 hands, not too big. I'm familiar. Yeah, okay, I can handle that. So I started riding on her. I might have been walking a little bit funny and, and uh, muscles that I hadn't used for a while. But I started riding her and I got confident. Two weeks ago, Trish goes, right, it's time for you to go to a bigger horse. I said, I'm quite happy with the pony, thank you. And she goes, no, and, and by the way, you need to get him ready. So I had to go and catch him and all those things. Now, the vision kept on being in front of me because God's trying to get something to me. He's trying to restore something. He's trying to break some fear in me because he wants to set us free and he will release visions and dreams and we just got to take a step at a time. <laughs> I went down that morning. I knew I had to catch Dewey who was considerably bigger, his head, I can't even reach the top of his head, and he were, all the horses had got out that morning, including him. So he's running around, his horses are charging about, I'm like, Lord, what are you doing to me? Isaac, I perch him up on top of the veranda so he doesn't get bowled over. And Trish comes in, order restored, nah, get on Dewey. So here I am riding Dewey going, okay, God. But you know what? Something happened. I've got over a fear. I sat and I was talking to Philip on Friday. I said, I got over a fear. And it was an emotional thing because God broke something. 38 years of being afraid and I got Dewey. <laughs> I saddled him up. I got on him. He bites if he tighten his girth. So I'm like, you're not going to bite me. Yeah, I did his back. Who's like, I've got to do everything. Things that you would not do if you're afraid because God released a vision. When he knows, he puts desires and plans and things in our heart and he will release visions and dreams and impressions to you to get you. If you have a desire to be a great sportsman, like I know there's a couple here, and you will put visions in your dream and dreams and you'll see yourself. If you want that, see yourself doing that. Okay, God, release that to me. Show me what I look like and then take the steps to it. If you want to be a mum or a parent or a dad, it's the same thing. He releases those things. If you want to have a better job, say, God, release those things and show me. Because then you keep the vision in front of you of what God has to say. And it sets us free. It sets us free. If you can see it, God says you can have it. If you can see it, if you can see yourself doing it. It's like Shara used to say to her, she was a tiny little thing. And, and I would say, Shara, see yourself on the stage singing. See yourself. If you can see yourself doing it, you'll be able to do it. Because God gave us our imagination to see, 
to see the things that have been released out of heaven so he can give them to you. That's what it's for. Visions are for that. You're dreaming awake. Dreams are to when your mind will interrupt you so he does it when you're asleep. Yeah? Impressions are to lead and guide us. So don't ignore them. Understand the language of the Holy Spirit and go with it because it's to unlock those things that God has for you. Amen? You got that. So I'm going to pray now that God does exactly that. I know some of you, it might be like, oh, it just hurts too much. I don't want to go there. I've been disappointed. I understand that. But God is a God who restores. He brings restitution and restoration, and he wants to release visions and dreams and impressions that we clearly understand him talking, all right, so that he sets us free and puts us in the place where he wants us to be. And too often we push things that God has for us aside because we get afraid. But we're not meant to live in fear. We've got to be expanding all the time. Otherwise, we get grumpy. That's where grumpy old man syndrome comes from. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all right, let's pray. I just want to make sure I still had you. Um, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for your presence, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now. Well, our hearts are open and our minds are just focused on you. Our spirits are big with your word and how you operate. Lord, I pray that you would release visions, dreams while we're awake and dreams while we're asleep and that we would understand the impressions when you give us a feeling or a sense, Lord, that we would not push them aside. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would start to unlock and release visions and dreaming and the language of the Holy Spirit to us. Lord, that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord, that we would understand where you are leading us, understand where you want to unlock things in our life, understand what is happening in our nation and around us, Lord, and the path that you would have us walk. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see right now in the name of Jesus. Just break off the things of the past, break off disappointments, break off where you may have been entering into things where the enemy has been messing around with, the things of the occult. We just cut those things off. Any inroads they might have had in our life in the name of Jesus, where we might have dabbled in things we're not meant to, or our family has, we cut that off in the name of Jesus, that we would only hear from the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Give us clarity, Lord, and show us a way that we're to go. Amen. Right, so when you lie down to sleep, expect dreams. When you're walking around, expect God to impress things on your heart because God is speaking. He's always speaking. We just have to be listening.